Welcome to Lineouts by Earful of Dirt, bringing you conversations with rugby newsmakers about the greatest sport on the planet. And we're live. Welcome to Earful of Dirt Lineouts, episode 25, with Rob King, the head coach of USA Women Eagles 15. He is the former head coach of Saracens Women and Templar Sevens. Uh, also, uh, some London Southeast, you know? Yeah, 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 a bit of London Southeast as well. So, uh, uh, Rob, how are you doing today? Mate, really good, really good. I'm a, I'm a little bit tired, if I'm honest. It's been a, it's been a heavy schedule, but um, all really positive. Hey, you guys had a good, uh, good run against England the other day. Oh, the players! Players did a great job um, until that uh, until that card uh, on the. I think it was the loose head. Yeah, I think a lot of people make a lot of noise about yellow cards and and how they make a difference. But um, you know, I I think um, the players did really well. Um, you know, really really pleased how much they grew in two weeks. You know, that was a, a heavy block for them, and and it was a, a much better performance the second time round. But they had so much more time together, and they could get to know each other's skill sets and, and really enjoy it and um you know it, it's just a shame that we couldn't we couldn't score those two or extra three tries because i think the momentum was beginning to swing our way i i i agree you guys were i mean especially in the i guess the the second quarter uh things were pretty even and you know the the young girl the girls were responding and you know it was basically you know two tries after another and tied up uh, almost going into the second half, and you know, still in the in the second half, you guys were really competitive. Um, I I think cards, depending on position, have an effect on the game um, more so yeah, than um, others. Yeah, of course so, of, of course they do. But I think you know, in, in context, um, you know, James English and, and Kate Daly, who were who were leading on that, they did a, a great job. And and of course, you know, the players, they did a fantastic job. New set of players. Um, we threw a lot of information at them. You know, we gave them a uh, an indication of what a senior week would look like as well. And, and I think James and Kate, who are both very good coaches, um, did a really good job in in helping the players have a wonderful two weeks. So, enough about that. Uh, for those that don't know, the women's junior all Americans were in Nova Scotia for a women's Tri Nations tournament with uh, Canada U twenty and. England U20 and it's a it's a pretty nice tournament we uh came are coming home I guess uh because we had the first two games it will conclude this weekend with Canada playing England on Saturday uh so about you let's uh let's dig into this this is this is what this is about and I know the the one thing that you don't like to talk about is yourself so uh you know yeah there's not I mean yeah there's not a great deal to say but um, but we go, we go with some questions. <laughs> so, when did you begin playing rugby? Um, story of most most uh, kids in uh, in the UK is sort of focused on rugby, uh, football, or cricket. So, I played all those sports growing up, and then I I sort of focused on rugby really from about fourteen, fifteen. Um, had some really good school teachers, uh, and just enjoyed I enjoyed being part of a bigger team and. Uh, the contact and, and throwing the ball about and, and having fun with it. So 
you know, you're called the beast. Uh, you know, how does yeah. how, yeah. how, how why are you, come on? I, there's got to be a real story here. Yeah, I, I, you know, you just sometimes just get nicknames, don't you? And and they just stick. And uh, I think that's that's just my nickname. Um, you know, I I suppose there's loads of different reasons behind it. I couldn't really give you a, an answer about it, but um, you know, some people do know me as just Beast. They don't know me as Rob. But um, but yeah, it's it's uh, it's an interesting nickname. It's, to be fair, to, to be fair, I've come off quite well because I, I could have ended up with with worse nicknames than than the Beast. So let's talk uh, uh, about you as a player a little bit. Uh, what position did you play? Um, so I played anywhere second row, number eight, six or seven, um, and then in sevens I played proper hooker. Um, they were my sort of key positionings. So um, when it comes to you as a player, how did how did that shape you as a coach? So I was very fortunate to come across some really good people. Um, I was lucky to play rugby in New Zealand and to play all different levels in the UK in the professional league. So I came across some really good people and I came across some really good coaches. I came across some not so good people and some not so good coaches. So it's enabled me to really remember and think about how people made me feel and and how they treat me as a as a as a player so um i have taken that into my sort of coaching life you know remembering the good things and trying not to repeat the bad things so when it comes to you as a coach i mean how how do you how do you do things differently uh, when it comes to women, men, boys, and girls across codes, because you've coached sevens, you've coached fifteens, you've coached, you know, young ladies, young men, uh, and yep. then senior men and senior women. So it's it, it's all rugby, right? Uh, it, it's the same. You're coaching the same. Um, the way you interact and the language that me that you use might be slightly different, um, but you're only ever really coaching the individual. And you need to know what they need. So it's always rugby. And and then when you work up from the individual, you look at what the unit needs. So if that's a back line or a back three or a, a, a front five or a line out. So you're always coaching for them. I think that's the that's the biggest thing. Like as coaches, we're all very guilty of coming up with these big master plans and wonderful PowerPoints. But, you know, sometimes it's not really relative to who you're coaching to. So, so that's the biggest thing. You need to keep everything relative to the people that you're coaching with. And, and that changes depending on the group that you have. So for those that don't know who, who Rob Kane is, I understand he's English, so he's definitely not been here too long, but you'll get to know him no, very not well. Not too I long, think. Aaron. Not too long, mate. I've been here too long. You can, call, you can just call me Rob Aaron. It's a lot better. So, so for those that don't know Rob, uh, in his last job as uh, Saracen's women's head coach, uh, they won the Tyrells, uh, the women's premiership in 2015, his first year uh, with Saracen's. And then you guys went to the semifinal in uh, 2016. You won the women's premiership sevens title in 2017. And then last year in the inaugural Tyrells premier 15s competition, you guys won it again. So uh, that just to give you an idea of who we're dealing with, everyone, uh, Rob's a pretty good get. So let's talk a little bit about sevens. Um, yeah. At Templar Sevens, uh, you know, you became known as 
uh, a person that believed in the individual. Like this has led to, you know, really great player achievement, you know, in our last conversation when we had, we're having technical issues, you talk about. With the gremlins, when the gremlins jumped on the line. Well, yeah. Uh, you know, you, you talked about having great players, but you know, how does that focus, uh, you know, how is can you explain that part of your philosophy, the focus on the individual? Um, yeah. So, so again, like, Everything that we do as coaches is, is just words and and systems or or you know it's ideas really and and it you know it takes a, a very special group of players or people um, support staff S and C doctors medical you know to really bring that to life and you know it's really important that everyone believes in what you're doing and and that's when you can that's when you can do some special things. Um, I've been very fortunate to meet some really good people wherever I go and, you know, enjoyed success. Uh, but really for me, I mean, the, the titles are always special and I'd be lying if I was saying that they weren't special. But for me, it's really, it's the culmination of everyone's backstory because everyone has a backstory. And you've got, you know, someone that might have come back from injury and has been out for nine months and, and they win a title and you've, but you, you remember all the struggles, all the times that they were doing the rehab and then they were going through their return to plays. And, you know, and I enjoy those. Those memories are, are really special, you know, and, and seeing people become the best version of themselves. They're the special moments. And and the titles and everything are sort of like the culmination of that. So you were coach of the year for the Super 7 Series in 2012. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah, I was. You, you're gonna, you're gonna. I'm gonna still gonna put you on the spot here. You keep, t you're gonna tell me it was all the players, but, but for yeah. you, I would say, how did the that group of players make that season special for you? Yeah, so, I mean, there was a height, like there was some really good coaches involved that year. Obviously, Mike, Mike Friday was involved in the series. Um, Tim Walsh, you know, they're both internationally recognised coaches. Um, Russell Earnshaw was was around at that stage as well, and I was really just starting out um, on sort of like my coaching journey. So again, I was very fortunate to get that award. There's a lot of plaudits that came my way, but ultimately, it's the players that have to play the game. So you know that they're the ones that have to do all the hard work. And yes, we do the work behind the scenes, and and we try and make sure they they can do what they need to do. But I mean, we we had you know, a couple of guys that projected on um, to New Zealand Sevens. One became an all-black, uh, two are now playing premiership in the UK. So one's in the top 14 side. So I, I think for me, the biggest memory is that I just feel privileged that I was able to work with that with them. Like for me, that was that was special. And, um, and also my brother was part of that as well. So to do that with my younger brother was a very special moment, uh, especially against teams that did have huge budgets and it were like massive machines if say you know and we're just a small team just raising you know raising profile for a charity and and really doing everything like a proper tour you know with with uh with really not the same sort of infrastructure as some of these big teams so it was nice it was nice when when we won the series so crossing over a little bit um you know how does sevens uh, fit into your philosophy as a 15s coach? I think sevens is a great game. Um, it, it's brilliant. I mean, it can really be used as a great development tool. Um, you know, it helps people's core skills. They catch and pass, seeing space, uh, being comfortable in space. And and I think 
um, from for a 15s player, it, it's a really good accelerated learning tool. Um, obviously, as you go up through the through the programs, you know there'll be certain people that make a choice whether they're going to be a sevens player or 15s player, um, and, and that's normally down to body type or the energy systems that they're they're trying to to train really, um, and. The, the physical profiling is obviously different in both sports. You do get some big sevens players, um, but in 15s, you tend to get, you know, slightly bigger, bigger rugby players. So, I mean, that's talking a little bit about sevens and then sort of uh, into your uh, recruitment when it comes to athletes. You know, at Saracens, you recruited a, uh, a World Cup touch player. Uh, you know, how does touch play into your philosophy and your style as a coach? Yeah, again, uh, really good spatial awareness, very good core skills, great catch and pass, um, nice way to pass, can can see space. And I actually did that, for the first time I did that was in, in the seven series when um, in 2.12, we had a, a player called George Tilsley. He now plays for Ajon in the top 14. And he, played, he went on to play for New Zealand sevens. But he was a touch player. So... I've seen it work out in the male game before. And then um, Garnet McKinder, who is the player you're talking about, um, you know, she's she's really quick. She's got great pace, really good finisher. And uh, I was really pleased that she went on to get capped by England in the World Series. That was a that's a big moment for her. She worked very hard for that. So, again, I was just really, really happy to be part of her journey. Um, like all the players I work with, you know, I'm, I'm only a very small part of their journey. They, I, I can't stress this enough, like... They have to do all the work. I'm, I'm literally just a very small part of their journey to, to help them point them in the right direction or, or to help them with the skill sets that they need. So, th- so this last year, I mean, I guess it's it was sort of different uh, for you as a coach, and maybe it wasn't, but um, the optics for the whole situation and how women's rugby is growing and evolving. You know, this last year at Saracens. Um, you know, how much was it different uh, being, you know, the Tyrell's premier 15s as the regular season and then eventually the champion versus, you know, when it was just the women's premiership and, you know, the requirements were just different? It was really special. Um, the league was ferocious. Um, the contacts, the ball in play, the, you know, the, there weren't any easy games. Um, the, I think the rugby spoke for itself. The games were very competitive, and the luxury of that is that the the league allowed so many players to get that accelerated learning, and and they are the ones that are now kicking on for different international honours. Um, you know, ourselves, I think we had something like 12, 18 year olds or twelve teenagers in the squad, or maybe it was a bit hard. All kicked on, and I'm just really hurt just to be part of that small little process of of them doing that. It's um, be interesting to see how that, how that league goes in year two. So without giving away too much, what did your training program look like there? Um, so really, again, just trying to um, give the players every opportunity to just to layer up their memories and to really give them enough exposure of seeing with the right, details so they can problem solve and and that's it in a nutshell um you know 
principles and skill sets put together. It's nothing, nothing out of the ordinary. So, you know, sort of touching on your experience, uh, you know, building up the Templar Sevens program, uh, do you think yeah. that uh, will help you as the Eagles head coach? Because, I mean, for the most part, uh, you know, the resources that are devoted to in the past to the women's Eagles 15, it, it takes a long-term program builder to achieve over time. I mean, your, your predecessor was the head coach for 11 years. And to an extent, I mean, you are starting over a bit because the women have until or basically nine months without a coach. Yeah, definitely. Uh, again, you know, um, I, you know, I, I think huge plaudits to the to the previous uh, regime, you know, with Pete and his team. And, you know, they obviously had great success at the World Cup. Um, slightly different mindset and views on on how uh the program was work and obviously i've come in and i've got my views and i've got the way that i'd like to do things like like any new person will and um yeah i think you know obviously there's a big focus on the world cup quite rightly that's the um you know the next big competition and and we're going to be building towards that over the next couple of seasons there are going to be some exciting announcements soon about you know test matches and and what we're trying to do with the program um, so we're just, we're just literally finalizing all that and, and then, um, that should hopefully, uh, get everyone excited because I'm excited. Um, I mean, uh, two of them we already know about, uh, you know, the Black Ferns and the Ireland game. Oh yeah. Yeah. But there's going to be more, there's going to be more, you know, there's, there's going to be more, more announcements, more excitement, more games. Um, and, and really just, you know, like you said, Obviously, I'm coming in with no sort of prior knowledge to how things work, which is, uh, I think, is a positive thing because players that weren't given an opportunity or players that weren't looked at or um, coaches that weren't given an opportunity for various reasons, um, then I don't have any of that uh, preconceived idea about anyone. So I can come in with a fresh set of eyes, a different type of energy. Um, you know, 11 years is a long time. So it just it allows me to look at things differently and, and to attack it uh, the way I think it should be attacked. So I'm the kind of person, because of my background, not really to uh, try and take your soapbox here, but uh, when, it comes to, <laughs> when, it, when it comes to programs, and this is, is going to lead into what I'm going to ask, is, okay. you know, in the, in the football sense, like at um, not really – at the collegiate level, but more so at the local level in high school, you tend to see uh, integrated programs. Uh, your your varsity, your your senior grade squad runs a specific style of offense and defense yeah, yeah. and special teams. Um, and then all the way down to the youth side that is playing locally, they run the same system. So when those kids get up to that age, they're, you know, they have everything. So for you, as the men's, as the women's national team head coach in 15s, yeah. you know, um, you know, what will you do with uh, age grade and sevens programs? I mean, you were just on tour with uh, the women's junior all Americans head coach James English. You know, how yeah. will have you thought about it, or has this been you know in the back of your mind? How will you integrate all of these programs? so that we can achieve, because there is a bit of an integration in, in the top programs in the world yeah. when it comes to women's rugby. Yeah, you're right. And that's a really good question. I mean, again, I was very lucky. Uh, James is, you know, great guy, good coach. And, 
was very, you know, was, was really welcoming. Um, and, you know, I was very fortunate where him and Kate both agreed that, um, it, you know, it was good that we could mirror the, uh, you know, what our week would look like when we go away on tour. So the first week we let the players bed in um, and, and James very kindly agreed to, to let me put in place the second week of, of what a national tour would look like. So the players were exposed to that. So, you know, to answer your question, that's what we're trying to do. You know, I'm, I'm going to be working my way all through the programmes from the ground up and um, all through the rugby from the ground up, from WPL. I'm going to meet all the WPL clubs, um, you know, meeting the, the varsity and the colleges and, and trying to just try and to get everyone on the same page, like you say, where we're all, we're all aspiring to, to help to help these uh, rugby players be the best version of themselves and, um, and kick on to, to the highest honours as possible. And then uh, part of the original job listing talked about, um, you know, the ability to assist the women's sevens program. Of course, I mean, your, your resume speaks for itself. You're a high-level sevens coach as well. Uh, how, how do you feel you'll integrate into the sevens program now? It's a really good question. Um, I imagine at some point there'll be, I'll probably do some skill work with the players. Um, I think there's, there's a, you know, to answer that question fully, probably be better in a couple of weeks. Um, so what's happened since I've been in the country when, so I've been in the country since July. So I arrived in the country. I did, um, I was very, very humble to work, um, on a Hawkeye program with, uh, some of the under twenties, which was fantastic. I then went into a great senior camp where I was so impressed by the, the players and, and coaches and support staff, work ethic and their, their coachability and, and the product they delivered in terms of rugby. So that was a really positive thing. And then I went up to the Junior All-Americans, the Halifax. I think it, I went up the night camp finished. So spent two weeks up there. Great again, working with all support staff. So... Since I've been in the country, I've I've managed to get eyes on a um, hundred of you know a hundred players in our player pool, which is just invaluable. And I've I've had you know eyes on all the support staff, so it's given me a real good indication of where we are. And then I left Halifax, and I'm actually the reason I'm in my car is because I'm in Boston, so I came to Boston, and I met with Beantown yesterday and did some training with Beantown, which was great. And I went to Harvard today, so spent the day with Harvard, which was fantastic. And then I'm off to Dartmouth to um, go and have a look at the program at Dartmouth. And and the reason I go to the colleges is to see their programs, but also because we got athletes there. So Kimba, uh, Kimba's at Harvard, so I did a great skill session with Kimba today. And then I'll be doing some work with the players that are at Dartmouth tomorrow, Stacey Bridges, Cat Ramage and, and players like that. Um, and, and then, yeah, then I come back on Sunday and I watch the WPL game. So it's been a, it's been a nonstop adventure so far. So, I, I mean, the, the last time we had a chance to talk, I, I sort of wanted to talk about selection and development and metrics. And I know you, you stated that you're going to be working on developing those specifically for the Eagles training squad, but in, what are some past, uh, you know, selection criteria that you've used when you were coaching the Saracens that are uh, non-proprietary? So I think the, the first and foremost is that 
we we want to play a really aggressive, high tempo version of rugby. That's what I've done everywhere I've I've coached, and it's it's not going to be any different. We want players that are problem solvers, and we want them to have fun. We want them to be able to express their individuality. So, I was so happy for um, for Mata, um, who played against England. You know, she's got a great step. She's got a nice turn of pace, and she just backed her ability. and And we just want every player to enjoy those magic moments, and. And that's basically what we're gonna what we're gonna really work hard on, so everyone can express their skills within a team environment and have fun doing it. I mean, they're gonna have to work hard. In, you know, international rugby is hard work, but um, they can have a lot of fun with it as well. And and really, you know, it's the rugby detail. You know, it's 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 really working hard on the rugby detail. And um, athletically, there's some wonderful athletes in in the programs like all over the place. It's just making sure they understand what they're doing and, and how they're going about it. And um, that's a big responsibility for me and the coaches to make sure that we're we're explaining ourselves correctly because it's very easy to blame a player. Oh, you don't understand it. Well, have a second. Have you explained it right? You know, if you can't explain it simply in three seconds, then it's too complicated. So it's really agreeing your language and making sure that your language and what you're trying to do is relative to the to the player that you're working with. Um, so, yeah, so fast, aggressive rugby, um, you know, core skills are obviously going to be important. And then um, just like every rugby coach, you want to get as much go forward as possible. So, you know, how will you provide feedback to players uh, that are in our spot in, your, in, in the Eagles training squad, but more importantly yeah. to their coaches? So, that they can coach them on those things at the club level? That's a great question. So what we what we put in place is, is obviously we've seen the first 100 players that were in our, the original player pool. So on top of that, we're going to aspire to increase our player pool. So as I'm going around to the various WPL clubs and colleges, then we start adding players through a player ID, whether that's a physical profile or a rugby profile, and they start adding to the player pool. So for example... Um, two players were added today who I went to look at at Harvard, which is brilliant because you can see a lot from footage and you can see a lot from people, but it's important that you see them, you see them face to face, you know, you can see what their character traits are like, and then you can see what they're like as a rugby player. You have to see what they're like as a person. The person is so important and often forgotten about. So I'm really made up that, that this kid's getting added today. Um, so she just come into the pool, you know, she'd start, working on the SSC program that we're working on and and then getting feedback from me. So the way it works is all the players uh, will have individual development plans and they get shared with their club coaches or college coaches, depending on where the player is based. And that will be privy to the coaches for us to discuss. Um, I'll be watching all the games, so all the support staff. And then it's just loads of interactions. You know, we, we just want people to get in touch and then we can just look at the player, look at the footage. And then if we need to go and see them, we'll go and see them. It's, it's The big word is opportunity. Like I'm all about opportunity and form. If someone's playing well, they're going to get an opportunity. And that's, I've, I've shown that everywhere that I've gone. You know, Reputation is nice. Reputation is good. But it really is about opportunity and, and form. Outstanding. I'm, I'm a big systems guy when it comes to rugby. Because, you know, on the, on the football side of the house, it's systems everywhere. So that's great to hear. Uh, so moving on to, I guess, player development systems that are, that are in place, what do you think so yeah. far of, you know, 
uh, I guess you'll get a chance to see the entire WPL season coming up pretty soon. And then you have, uh, you know, D1 club rugby, uh, Naira, and then yeah. women's college D1, and then the uh, the NDAs who basically just cl- concluded their season with club sevens. Uh, a few of them, I forget. I think there may be another women's tournament going on this summer, but it's pretty much over uh, for the, the club seven season. Yeah. So again, as I'm as I'm going around the country meeting people, then it gives me a good indication. Um, I, I think everyone can always aspire to do better, me included. Same as my staff. You know, we're we're by no means perfect with what we, we do, and it's really just accepting that um, everyone needs a bit of help and support. So, as as I go around, that's that's part of what I'm trying to do. Uh, we're going to be supporting the clubs and the colleges and the D1 teams with you know educational. Uh, from a coaching resource, they need it. Same as SNC, uh, and then just making sure they're all aligned, so they can they can help these players become the best version of themselves. Uh, whether that's with their contact skills, whether that's with their catch and pass, um, whether that's with their rugby sense, and and we're really here to share and to bounce ideas about, so they can they can achieve that. Um, you know, because all the players are predominantly um, in their colleges or WPL teams or varsity teams or D1 teams majority of the time and then they come to us so it's about having a collaborative and shared approach so so everyone's on the same page so of late um you know and this was I would say this how I phrase this a, a long time ago everyone was a crossover athlete into rugby uh, in, in the women's game, because, I mean, women's rugby really didn't start getting big uh, until yeah. the 80s. And, you know, in the 70s is when it just kicked off here. And for a long time, you know, American women uh, went on tour and dominated. If you uh, dig into some Scrum Queen stuff, I, I always lo- yeah. love I always love reading their, their history stuff on the American game. They do so, some really – Scrum Queens do some really good things, don't they? They really yeah. do. Oh, yeah. Um, so of late, uh, you know, we've, we're seeing a lot of top level athletes from other sports still make an impact, uh, on, you know, both the women's sevens and women's 15s. You've, you've got the likes of, you know, Aleph Kelter, who is my favorite player. So she better <laughs> make sure she's on the squad too. And then no also, pressure. no pressure. And then, uh, also Portia Woodman. So how do you, how do you recruit and develop athletes from outside the sport to aid your teams? It's a really, really good question and something that we're just discussing at the moment. Uh, obviously, you know, crossover athletes, especially in, in America, you've, you've got so many different sports that people play. Um, really, it'd be a mixture of looking at physical profiling, uh, you know, with their speed, obviously for sevens, um, height, height and weight and where we think they can project in 15s. And then just working really hard to, to work on their on their skill sets. Uh whether that's a case of, you know, helping a program being put together at college for an individual player, or whether it's a case of having camps and invite and inviting them in, um, there's various ways you can go about it. So, um, getting into a little bit about youth, uh, historically in the women Eagles, well, maybe not historically, but in the last 20 years, young collegiate players have always, you know, been contributed. 
What's your view here? Because you, if we notice with the Red Roses, they blooded several young players, notably, I mean, I, I brought this up, uh, Jessica Breach, who's at Harlequins and England Sevens in her yeah, yeah. first cap. She scored six tries. So, I mean, yeah, who's yeah. that? Really, really pleased for Jess. Really pleased for Jess. I, I coached Jess when she was 16. I'm really pleased for her. Really pleased for her. So, how do you, how do you project youth uh, will... So, Play yeah, so the thing, just looking at the player pool and and figuring all that out, um, gonna, there's going to be some, yeah, you know, if you're good enough, you're old enough, and and likewise, you know that we're not saying no to people that are of a certain age, uh, in terms of of playing international rugby, but there has to be a little bit of realism about it, you know, when the next World Cup happens. Um, in, in terms of, of that number and, and more importantly how they can perform you know can they can they can they back it up um, I, I think there's going to be surprises with with you know the selection as we start doing it over the next couple of weeks and you know it doesn't mean we're going to um, pick pick youngsters all the way through because you know you need that invaluable experience but um, I do have you know I, I have had uh, uh, you know, a little bit of form before of, of giving youngsters opportunity and allowing them to grow. And, uh, you know, that's shown in my time at Saracens and it it does bear fruit at the end. But it's the same as working with, with older players. You just It's all about giving people an opportunity and, and just seeing how they crack on. I mean, uh, I mean, youth, you had uh, six young women under 20 on, uh, on, on your last Saracens team. So, I mean, uh, uh, wasn't yeah, it? We that's had, what I read. That's what I read. Yeah, we had. I'm just trying to think now. So you've got me thinking. So who? So we had two teenagers at Loosehead and Tighthead. Teenager oh wow! At Lock. Oh my goodness! Yeah. Teenager, teenager at Lock. Uh, we had teenager at six. Uh, teenager. We had a couple of teenagers that were nines. Um, we had a teenager at ten, twelve, thirteen, on the wing. But then, but the thing was. The, the great thing is that um, we had some really some some invaluable experienced players as well, so they they help the youngsters develop as well. And it's the same the same model here. You know, there, there will be opportunities for youngsters, but it, it's invaluable the experienced players play their part. And part of that is is aiding the development of, of these younger players of what it means to be an eagle, uh, you know what it's like to be an eagle, uh, you know, and, and really manage their emotions as as they go through the games. So, I guess this isn't really about. Uh, hmm. Well, it is still about development and putting players on the national team. But in the American rugby model that was launched back in March, with uh, when I sat down with Emily Bidwell and uh, Alexander Magleby, the high performance manager and the women's general manager, they talked about. Uh, finding opportunities for women to play in New Zealand and to find places for them to play in the Tyrell's premier 15. So what's your view of overseas opportunities? And you have one woman, one young woman in, in the player pool who plays for Harlequins ladies yeah. in Jess Wooden. So if the yeah, opportunity runs uh, for other players, you know, would that be encouraged? Yeah. Look, the most, the most important thing is that players are playing rugby. And, and they're playing, you know, lots of rugby. Um, we're obviously putting together at the moment, uh, we're trying to put together a, a 
programme that fits in with international rugby. And there's challenges with that throughout various different courses. Uh, but we're not opposed to players playing overseas if it, if it benefits the player. And I think it's really just an individual case by case um, um, what they're going to get out of it. That's the, that's the biggest thing. Um, I think you might see you, know, you might see certain players go overseas because it's going to benefit them. But, you know, we're trying really hard to use the programmes that are in place over here to allow them to really have that inner competition in the player pool so they can really progress even further. Um, but, but you might see a few, a few players go overseas. And, and the biggest reason for that would be that it's going to benefit them more. You know, and I'm up for anything that benefits players. You know, anything that's going to benefit them, then I'm, I'm on board with. So now let's let's get a bit technical. Let's put the technical hat on. Um, it's, well, it is quarter to five on a Friday, so we'll see. So, we'll um, see. so I want you to put – you're going to have to tell me. Don't say we just do this or we do that. So okay. what style – like what, what style of attack do you like to use? If it's a variable attack, you know, what is the base of your system? So we just play principles and skill sets. There's no system. So you're not you're not using shapes. Yeah, we we the speed of balls sort of dictate every, everything that we do. There's no there's no magic formula. We just go forward, continuity and support, and let players see what they see. I'm being genuine. That's as technical as it gets. That's I mean, I I always put I always put pressure on every coach I interview because I want to know if they're using a one three three one. I want to know if they're using two four two, and I want to know if they're like. You, I mean, the All Blacks play the one-six-one, and that is a variable attack that is almost you can't. It's impossible to replicate it, right? So I always want to know what you guys are doing because I think that's a um, that's a big way to grow the sport is to expand the technical knowledge to the fan because you know Americans play Madden all the time and they want to know. <laughs> I love. I, I like the game too. I like so, that as well. So that that's one of the reasons why I ask about technical systems is because stats and technical systems is how I think we can grow yeah. the fan base because people just love data and stuff like that. Yeah, so so what we want to do is we just want to play aggressive, aggressive high tempo go forward rugby with and without the ball. That that is that's as technical as we are. It's it's the simple things done well. I think sometimes we can overcomplicate things, and and there are some out. Oh, dang it! There are some there are some there are some good there are some good systems, like you said out there, which um, people play, and you know that that's down to them. Um, I just think, again, I just think it's about it's about getting players to be able to make those accurate decisions under pressure and doing the simple things done well, and. I think we can overcomplicate it. You know, there's, there's 15 different ways you can attack. There's 15 different ways you can defend. It doesn't mean it's doesn't mean you're doing the right thing to what you see or the right thing that's in front of you. Um, so, so um, let's let's talk about the defense. Are you a big blitz guy, or are you more into uh, I guess pressure and man? Just winning collisions. It's all okay. about winning collisions. That's, that's all it is. Whether it's a drift, whether it's a blitz, whether it's a hinge, again, we can overcomplicate it. Like, win the collision, slow the ball down, and that's pretty much it. Make a decision about whether you're getting on the ball or whether you're not. 
you know, it's it's that's as that's as as this, that's as technical as it has to be, in my opinion. And again, it's just my opinion. Obviously, there's a bit more to it, but that's the essence of it. So moving on to uh, I guess development of coaches. You know, one of our biggest needs, I guess, is technical development of coaches. How will you help uh, facilitate the development of? not just other high performance coaches, but community yeah. club coaches so that, um, you know, um, we can just install the skills at a young age. So I'm, I'm going to Denver in a couple of weeks, which would be great. And I'm going to meet with Kenny who, um, is involved in, in the educational piece of coaches. Uh, and then on top of that, um, we're going to be inviting, um, college and varsity coaches and WPL coaches to our camps so they can come and spend time with us and shadow us um, and then just try and share as much information as possible it's uh, it's a long-term thing it's those those things take time and it's about helping people understand the difference between coaching sorry between teaching and coaching you know teaching is very much telling and getting people to do something in how you would do it and coaching is about helping a player get to a place using certain language and and technical detail which which is two very different things so i guess uh the final part of the serious stuff here maybe i'll have one more serious question before okay. we when we get into the fun stuff but um so if young players are listening because i mean we do have a really weird skew of an audience so um there's going to be a lot of people listening to this one um you know what are the key skills you want them to focus on if they're looking to play at the national level um so first and foremost play with a smile on your face have fun with it you know if you've got a great step just show everyone how good your step is you know if you've got a great kick show everyone how great your kick is like really embrace your the things that make you an individual um, whether that's an offload out the back door, whether that's a one-handed pass. And then it's really just the key core skills, you know, making sure your catch and pass um, is is up to speed, uh, your tackle technique is sound, and your decision-making. You know, the, the rest the rest we can work on. Um, those would be the th- just, just the three key things, catch and pass, tackle technique, and decision-making at the, um, at the breakdown. It's, those are three good areas to really start on. So let's let's move a little way uh, from the rugby. It's still part of rugby, but it's gonna be a little bit personal. So your partner is a stud. Your your partner is a stud at rugby. Like, how do you deal with being a coach and then having her around, just uh, you know, trot around oh, winning medals? Yeah, she's really good. She's very good. Um, she is very good at rugby. Yeah, again, just I'm very fortunate to watch her play. I love watching her play. Um, really enjoy enjoy seeing her do well and. Um, yeah, we have a lot of fun with it. Um, so, Jedi or wizard? <laughs> that is a great question. Wizard. Uh, Moldeds or studs? Studs. Oh, good. I was going to, you know, I, I chastise the players that who are, whom are, whom are yeah. backs that I have on. I chastise <laughs> them. They, they, studs. It's, it's just, I mean... I mean, molded sort of wear out. I was, I was, so I was talking to, to talk about why one of the reasons why I hate molded, but uh, studs is what 
real rugby players wear. But um, I, was ta- <laughs> I was talking. I was. I was with. I uh, worked with uh, the Canadian sevens team for a week at Silicon Valley sevens, and I was talking to them about what you know, you know, boots they wear, and they're like, "Well, we all wear studs here because." Uh, when it comes to moldeds, it's like we get one pair of cleats a year from Under Armour. Um, so we, we wear studs because if in a, in the series, yeah. they go through four, they would go through four or five pairs of moldeds a season. Oh, easily, easily. And you don't, especially for front five forwards and it's so important that you wear, that you wear studs and it just allows you to get so much better grip. Uh, and I suppose we're very lucky over here in the, in America where the, the weather is, you know, when people play the game, the weather's really good and the, the grounds are like carpets, so they can get away with it. But studs make a big difference when you're a forward. So, favorite food? I know you like dessert, but... Oh, I love dessert, Aaron. That's, that's pretty much the only reason I lift weights now is so I can have a good slice of cake. Um, favorite dessert? That's a good question. I'll, have you heard of an Eccles cake? No. So it's it's a cake with soft pastry with sugar all over the top and it's got like a currant filling. It's a it's a northern dish from up north in the UK. I'm a big fan of Eccles cake. Um, and actually, I like I like a slice of pumpkin pie. I tell you, this this thing looks interesting. My uh, my uh, my partner, she is uh, she is about as English as an American can get. I mean, she's uh, when it when it comes to when it comes to like genetics. I mean, her last name is Wooster, and you know, the other last name is Northrop, and it's like she's English and she loves English stuff. She it's really weird, but she's yeah. she's an Arizona. But um, that Eccles cake looks fun. Um, but pumpkin a lot pie, of fun. pumpkin yeah. pie, uh, pumpkin pie, yeah. Love a- I'm, nice I'm, all, I'm all over pumpkin pie at Thanksgiving. You should uh, <laughs> come to the house and uh, we'll, we'll have pumpkin pie. But um, so I did some yeah. I did some looking around. Looking stole, around, okay. You, you stole the Calcutta cup. Let's uh, let's get the story uh, on that. Oh yeah, that was I think the Calcutta cup. So we there was a tournament up in uh, I think there was a tournament up in Newcastle sevens tournament and. Uh, there's a few of us, <laughs> a few of us managed to steal it away for a photo, and then we put it back quite nicely. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was hoping for uh, you know you took it to uh, took it to the pub like. Uh... Oh no no no! There was no the Calcutta cut wasn't harmed uh, during any of the process. I, I'm actually pretty sure that the, one of the we managed to get it off one of the people that were that were sort of bringing it on display. So I'm pretty sure it was in safe hands. Yeah, there's no, there's no crazy story to that, unfortunately. Dang, sad. Well, everyone, <laughs> um, that is Rob Kane. You know, we're gonna have to talk to him uh, after he comes off tour because uh, you guys, uh, you guys got a pretty uh, solid setup for November. Uh, what? Yeah. Yep. What I've got is uh, black ferns the first weekend in November, and then we've got Ireland women, and then we've got another test and then an 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 a game yeah yeah so it's a it's a great schedule emily emily's been working really hard on that and the 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 fixture in the a league is going to be announced soon i'm led to believe so that'll be exciting news uh it's you know it's very important that we we really do embrace 
playing international games and players get used to it. I think on average, in the last cycles, I think maybe there was like eight or nine games in three years. Which, it was, uh, we were at three and a half. Yeah. So it's, it's pretty rough. It, yeah, it's it's not enough to grow as a team. And, you know, like, so like at Saracens in the last four years, I, I think I was at, I think I did like, I don't know, th- probably maybe 110, 112, 100, 120 match days. And it, it takes time for everyone. That's, now that's too much. All right. Oh, it gets everyone. The thing is, is it takes time. Match days, match days are an art, and yeah. people people need time to bed in, and you know they need to be there emotionally, physically, mentally, and and as a rugby person. So we need players that are sort of battle hardened on the road, and they they're used to travelling, they're used to a certain format, they enjoy the format, and you're only going to get that through games. You can't replicate that, and it, you know that's that's going to be exciting. So I'm really excited about the tour. Yeah. Um, some big challenges, obviously big challenges playing, you know, the, the world champions, which will be a, a nice, nice way to kick it off. And I think the biggest thing is that after the tour, we know exactly where we are. We're, st- we're still we're still learning. We're still seeing what the landscape looks domestically. And then we will see just where we are at an international level. And we'll have some really good measurables to work from then, you know, like, how many collisions do we have to win to win a test match? You know, what the average ball in play in is. We get some really good data from that and the players will get some really good experiences and, and make some, hopefully make some, some everlasting memories. Yeah. I, I think uh, one of the biggest things for development is we, was it the black ferns? Uh, they won this one on an average of six matches a year. Uh, yeah. And then previously, so England, so England being the previous women's champion, um, they have averaged 11 test matches a yeah. year for yeah. like eight years. Yeah. And, that's and then like on top that's... of that, they've got, but then on top of that, they've got their club games as well. So most of those players are, are playing 20, 30 games a year, which is, people think it sounds a lot because we're not used to playing that number over here. But you only, as much as we coach players and as much as we work really hard together on skills, players learn through games. It's the best learning tool ever. So the more they get exposed to games, the more they're going to learn, the more they're going to grow. And that's why it's so important that we give them the opportunity to be able to do that. And and that's why I'm excited about November. You know, there's going to be four games there. That's, you know, four four caps for people to go away, four more than when they started already that's more than than what they i think they played for one year in their cycle and and then it's the responsibility of emily and myself to make sure that we're really putting together the the calendar to make sure that they get the opportunities to experience it you know it's it shouldn't be they play every now and then they they have to play a lot more i agree well um everyone uh that's rob kane i think we're going to be in great hands uh, going going forward, but uh, you know, I will be. I, I tell all my coaches is like, you know, if uh, you know, if it's after a game and there's some technical questions that the, that need to be beat you up on, you know, I'll beat you up on beat you up in the press press conference because uh, that's uh, that's my playing field. So, um, <laughs> but um, yeah, I, lo- I look forward to watching uh, the ladies play the. The Black Ferns in November will be there. Uh, 
And for the record, my first uh, test match ever was USA Women versus Canada. Uh, Is that in, right? Yeah, 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 in April of 2017. So my first wow. test, ma- my first test match ever was a women's match, and you know, I think I, you know, some people have interesting and poor opinions to say about women's rugby, but uh, it's, you know, at the international level, especially USA, Canada, England, New Zealand, it's very high standard. The pace is a little bit different, but for the most part, I think the pace is, the skill level, I find that the skill level is usually better because it's, uh, I, I, it's just different technically because of the shapes and the fitness levels are different. So catch pass to me, to, to my untrained eyes, I guess. Um, looks a lot better and there's just more awareness with and you see just different things occur than you see in like super regimented eddie jones camp oh well that's a that's a loaded that's almost like a loaded question isn't it um, it's, not, it's not really a loaded question <laughs> it's more me no no, no I, it's your opinion it's your opinion about, uh, what yeah. i see so i mean i think, I think um right now I, yeah i think most people that haven't seen women's rugby will have a certain viewpoint um and one thing that's been really great over the years that i've been involved in in elite women's rugby is that uh when they watch a game or they watch two games that viewpoint changes very quickly and you find that they they really enjoy the spectacle of women's rugby uh for various different reasons but it's oh, yeah you know it's it's a lot of fun and the players work really hard and it's always good when they score lots of tries because everyone wants to score lots of tries and it the, the great thing that's happened the last couple of seasons, uh, especially as the game's got more detailed, is more players get to have those little individual moments like the men. You know, so set piece is a huge thing now. And you see the props going at it, hammer and tongs, big collision wins, steals of the breakdown. So, you know, it's it's a it's a little bit different from the men. But, um, you see the game growing tremendously overseas. Uh, what was it? The same weekend where 20,000... We're in France for uh, yeah. uh, during the six during the Six Nations. Uh, watch England France. You had five thousand people at the stoop to watch Harlequins ladies. I forget yeah. were they playing you guys? No, were no, no. So, no, so Harlequins were playing Richmond that day. But that's still that's a huge thing that they managed to achieve to have a to have a domestic just a domestic club game have five thousand people. Uh, you know, Harlequins worked really hard with that, and so did Richmond, and it was. It was great to see that work come to fruition. Uh, France has a huge appetite for women's rugby. Uh, we, as Saracens, we know we went over there a few times for pre-season, played against a few of their top teams, and you know it was regularly, 50, you know, fifteen hundred, two thousand, three thousand people watching. Um, and I and I suppose that's you know that's what we're trying to do here. We're just trying to really grow the game, um, make ourselves really accessible to people. So you know. I'm here for people that are in women's rugby and I made that very clear. You know, if people want to get in touch, please do. And, uh, you know, the, the aspiration is that we can, we can make some big changes and, and just help everyone get better. Well, thanks for your time, Rob. I think we, uh, we told your story a bit and what you're about, uh, for the American rugby fan and hopefully for some prospective players. Uh, that will listen to this, find out what they need to do, and uh, then get on your radar. Yeah, yeah, and it's a, you know, it's a, you know, thanks for your time. It's been it's been a lot of fun, Aaron. Thank you for your time. Yeah.
This has been Lineouts by Earful of Dirt. Connect with Earful of Dirt online. We're on Facebook and Twitter at Earful of Dirt. You can email us at earfulofdirt at gmail.com or call and leave us a voicemail at 720-600-2679. For Aaron, Dan, and Victor, I'm Corey. Thanks for listening.